Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Chris Canty, and we are two-thirds of ESPN Radio's new morning show alongside Evan Cohen. The three of us are going to get started next Tuesday, September 5th, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, so feel free to join us. Greeny's going to be back in his time slot when things kick off on Tuesday. Canty, we're counting down the days. I can't wait to get started. Let's go. I'm excited, small man. And we got a week, a week yeah. until the NFL kicks off. How great is that? So we're kicking off our new show Tuesday, September 5th. NFL kicking off on September 7th. It don't get no better than that. So lock in with us 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every weekday morning. It's going to be a blast. We have a photo shoot tomorrow, and the group chat has been popping about what to wear. <laughs> I th- I'm afraid I'm going to be more dressed up than my guys. Uh, I'm worried about the color scheme. Evan is concerned about the vibe. People don't realize behind the scenes the things that we worry about. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to those photo shoots, but I operate with the mantra of less is more, like just being able to fade to black. So being able to have <laughs> muted colors, you know, stand in the background, let you be the foreground because you are the rose that will be between two thorns on our new radio show. Well, I'm just going to try and capture the essence of Joe Cool, of Joe Burrow. Cartier glasses won't even peek at you. I'm just going to try to match his swag. You know what I'm saying? But Joe Burrow, some news coming out yesterday. We know that he had missed the past six weeks of training camp as he was recovering from a calf issue. But he returned to practice for the first time since July 27th. The practice was open to the media. Joe Burrow participated in all of the throwing drills, and he was out there working with the backup quarterbacks. And Canty, we were wondering when we might see Joe Burrow back out on the field we got that answer yesterday but we still don't know if he's going to be under center for week one so if you're the Bengals, you obviously are working him back out there you know that your success relies on his availability so what are you going to do if you're the Bengals? do you think we're going to see joe burrow week one yeah I'm, I'm gonna have him out there if i'm the Bengals. i mean at this point it's about the quarterback incurring the risk. If he doesn't want to sign a contract extension right now, if he's of the mind of waiting on Pat Mahomes to get his deal done first so he can get as close to that as he possibly can, then that's all good. But that's a Joe Burrow business problem. And if you're the ownership of the Cincinnati Bengals, if you're the Brown family, if you're their general manager, your focus is making sure that Joe Burrow is ready to operate the offense, making sure that this team is ready to go, just because you recognize the margin for error, not only in your division, but in your conference, is razor thin. I'm kind of concerned that he doesn't have a contract yet, though, Canty. You mentioned the deal. If he doesn't want to get it done yet, if he's waiting for Pat Mahomes. But if I'm Joe Burrow and I just had an injury and it kept me out six weeks, I'm not stepping foot back out on the field until I have secured the bag. So I'm wondering what the hang-up is, and I'm wondering if it's smart for him to go out there and play if he isn't 100% when he doesn't have a new contract done. Yeah, I mean, that, that's always a concern, is when, and, and that's up to Zach Taylor and the coaching staff to determine whether or not Joe Burrow can protect himself. Now, I had a calf injury in 2009, my first year with the New York Giants. It took me half a season to get right from that calf injury. I ended up having to have surgery. It was it was crazy, but it took a long time to recover and to feel like myself. Soft tissue injuries, especially the calf, is tricky. There's no way to avoid you know or, or, or avoid using it because you're, you're you're on your legs, you're on your feet. And for a quarterback, footwork is so important. So I, I just that's the one thing that you worry about: Joe Burrow being out there and potentially re-injuring himself or not being able to protect himself. Uh, when it when it when it gets for real out there when there are live bullets, so I think that's the biggest 
issue, as I see it, with not having a lot of time in training camp Mm -hmm. is making sure that Joe Burrow can go out there and react in the way that he would need to to not only be a playmaker but to also protect himself. Because if Joe Burrow has to miss an extended period of time this season – we're not t- just talking about the Cincinnati Bengals not winning their division. The Cincinnati Bengals will be on the outside looking into the playoffs because the AFC is just that deep. Let's hear from Tony Pike. He is a radio host at ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, and he's a former Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback. He joined Freddie and Fitzsimmons to talk about the Bengals not reaching a long-term deal with Joe Burrow yet. When the offseason started in Cincinnati, priority number one, without a doubt, was signed Joe Burrow in the offseason. And we have seen Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson and Orlando Brown as a free agent. They have made moves, but there is still no deal with T. Higgins. There's no deal with Joe Burrow. If you would have asked anyone covering this team in Cincinnati at the end of last year in the offseason if Joe Burrow was going to be approaching September with no contract, no one would have said yes because they've said all the right things. Duke Tobin, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow himself, and yet it's just been eerily quiet in Cincinnati um, without a a deal done. And you just wonder and hope that that doesn't linger from a mentality standpoint now that all of these other quarterbacks are paid. It was, okay, wait and see what Lamar gets. Wait and see what Herbert gets. Wait and see what Hurts gets. Well, those deals are all done. It felt like it was next in line, and, and yet it's not here. It is a little bit puzzling. It is puzzling, Canty, because you know that he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL. You know he's going to exceed Justin Herbert's $52.5 million. And I just don't know what the holdup is. Maybe, as you suggested, he is waiting for Patrick Mahomes to get an extension done so he can then yep. top that. But at some point, he's going to be the highest paid player. So if, if I'm the Bengals, I want to get this done sooner rather than later because I need to pay other players. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I want to get it done. So it's not something that I'm worried about or, con- or concerned about. Yeah, you're right, and the Bengals are going to have an expensive, you know, seven, eight months because not only are you talking about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins' contract, but you're also going to have to address Jamar Chase, who will be first-time eligible for a contract next offseason in 2024. So they got a lot of money that they got to dole out to players on the offensive side of the ball, guys that factor into being key cogs for the foreseeable future. But here's what I would say. When it comes to Joe Burrow waiting for Patrick Mahomes, to me that makes more sense financially just because you know Patrick Mahomes' number is going to be far exceed (laughs) what we saw from Justin Herbert, what we saw from Lamar Jackson, what we saw from Jalen Hurts. I get that the $52.5 million is the high watermark, but I could see a world where we live in Pat Mahomes is getting $55, $56 million a year with, you know, close to what Deshaun watching got fully right. guaranteed upon signing. Think about it. $230 million fully guaranteed upon signing is kind of the high watermark for quarterbacks. I could see a world where Pat Mahomes exceeds that along with the average annual value on salary. And if you're Joe Burrow, you want Pat Mahomes to go just so you can try to get closer to those numbers than be – around where Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts fell. Because there's there's clearly a delineation when it comes to the tiers of quarterbacks, and Pat Mahomes is the guy that's on top of the hierarchy. If you're Joe Burrow, you have to view yourself as the next guy in line, and so you want your deal to be you know closer to that than the other guys um, that, ha- that don't have the extensive resume that Joe Burrow does already in his first three years in the league. So I just – I look at it from the standpoint of sound business by Burrow, mm-hmm. but it does come with some risk because you are talking about putting yourself in harm's way when you have the calf injury and you're going to start the season not 100%. 
And another thing that he had mentioned was being cognizant of the fact that his teammates need to get paid as well. So while it is a better business decision for him to potentially wait for Mahomes and have that marker, because you're right, looking at the quarterback AAV, it's Justin Herbert number one with 52.5 million, followed by Lamar 52, Jalen Hurts 51 million, and rounding out the list is Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, followed by Patrick Mahomes at number seven. The only person on that list that you can make an argument for that Joe Burrow maybe shouldn't be paid as much as is Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else, you know that he's going to far exceed that. But he has made comments, Canty, about being aware of his teammates needing to get paid. And we had had the conversation, could Joe Burrow take the Tom Brady route? Could he take less money to ensure that he has a better team around him and that his teammates are also taken care of? So that's the the only reason why I I would maybe give pause to him waiting to get paid as much as Mahomes. Is is he going to be concerned about his teammates at all? Listen, that that is a Cincinnati Bengals problem. That don't (laughs) need to be a Joe Burrow problem. I'm looking at their cap right now, Michelle. They got $18.5 million in cap space right now today. And next year, they're scheduled to have $68 million in cap space. So you got to miss me with taking less to make sure my other guys get paid. No, no, no. (laughs) Joe Burrow needs to go out there and get the bag. He's got to go make his money, okay? And he's got to be paid according to his value to the franchise. Think about this. That team hadn't won a playoff game. In 30 years Mm -hmm. until Joe Burrow took him on that Super Bowl run. They've gone back-to-back years being in the conference championship game. Like It's it's trending in the right direction for Cincinnati, and it's because of Joe Burrow. Think about this. When Joe Burrow was coming out in 2020, people were wondering whether or not Joe Burrow should try to pull an Eli Manning, whether Joe Burrow should try to force his way to another team rather than going to Cincinnati because it felt like where quarterbacks' careers go to die. And this guy has resurrected that franchise. Of course, he deserves a number that's close to what, closer to what Pat Mahomes is going to get than what those other quarterbacks got. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Herbert because I think all of those guys are capable of winning MVPs. But Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes are a different class of quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what those guys, listen, you can pay Pat Mahomes sixty million dollars it still probably wouldn't be enough. You could pay him $60 million a year. It still probably wouldn't be enough because he's that good. Joe Burrow is closer to that than he is those other three quarterbacks that have already gotten paid this offseason, and I think that's why he's waiting to do the deal. And Cincinnati has just got to figure it out with those other, those other players. One thing I've learned, Smallman, over a decade in the National Football League, teams find money to pay guys when they want to pay them. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals have enough cap flexibility where they can get that done, take care of Joe Burrow, and take care of those two wide receivers. He is certainly a transformational player, and he's going to be worth every penny. And we're hoping that the Bengals can start strong. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up, it's that time of year. We're one week away from the NFL season, and it's time for Canty's boldest predictions. You don't want to miss this list. There's some spicy things on it. Keep it here on Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Alongside Chris Canty, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty and myself and Evan Cohen, we're going to get things started with an all-new morning show right here on ESPN Radio. It kicks off next Tuesday, September 5th, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, weekdays on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. And Greeny will be back in this time slot starting Tuesday as well. And I'm so looking forward to working with Evan Cohen and Chris Canty. And one of the reasons is because Chris Canty is a man who knows what he's talking about. We are going to run over his bold predictions that he gave last year, and then he's going to reveal his bold predictions for this NFL season. That's coming up in a matter of minutes, but we want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Give us your bold predictions for this 2023 NFL season. And Canty, I'm looking over this list of your bold predictions last year. You hit on a bunch. I mean, you can see into the future. Let's run over these. Number five, you had that the Eagles would win the NFC East. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that was a home run, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a home run. That was amazing. You said Malik Willis will start for the Titans. Check. Not so much. Not so much. But listen, the Titans did start a backup quarterback at the end of the season. <laughs> yes. It wasn't Malik Willis. It was, I'll, give, I'll give it a check, though, because you were on the backup quarterback. Brandon Staley yeah. will be fired. Really close. Really close. A lot of people thought it was going to happen. I don't know how he didn't get fired after blowing a 27 nothing lead in Jacksonville in the wild card. I don't know how he kept his job. I don't. I don't either, but that was a great prediction by you. The Rams will miss the playoffs, check, and you had the 49ers making the Super Bowl very close. So the ones that you didn't get, Canty, were super close, but no cigar. Yeah, they were really close. But, I I mean, I I had really sound logic in making those bold predictions, and that's why people should pay attention when I talk about the 2023 bold predictions. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. Call in and give us your bold predictions. But I've got to be honest, I don't know if any of them are going to top the five that we're about to hear from Chris Canty. Canty, take it away. All right, so folks, take notes. My bold predictions, we're going to kick this thing off at number five. Give me the sounder. Number five. The Washington Commanders will make the playoffs. Yeah, I said it. It's a new day in Washington. New ownership with Josh Harris. Don't let him give you the awkward handshake, though. But what I will say is Sam Howell doesn't look awkward at quarterback. This preseason, the dude was on fire. There's a reason why the commanders were undefeated in preseason. I know you have to take things with a grain of salt, 
but just his way of operating the offense, the command that he showed, the poise, being able to get in and out of the huddle, being able to make strong, accurate throws in short, intermediate, and deep zones. Like, to me, this dude is is going to be a, a budding young quarterback in our league. He's going to ascend, and as he goes, that team is going to go. We know their defense is legit. They were top three from a year ago, but when you look at the players around Sam Howell, you got Terry McLaurin, you got Curtis Samuel, you got Jahan Dotson, you got tight end Logan Thomas, and a strong run game with Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. This offense is going to finally catch up to where the defense is, and that's going to lead to this team getting back to the postseason. Number four. Okay, we got the Seattle Seahawks winning the NFC West. How the West was won is going to be how it was won during the Legion of Boom era with Pete Carroll in Seattle. It's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Now, listen, I love Zach Charbonnet and Kenny Walker, that one-two punch with the running game, and I love the offensive line for the Seahawks. I even love the wide receivers, but the defense is where it's at, and we know Pete Carroll likes to build his defenses from back to front. They drafted Devin Witherspoon, who I thought was the top defensive back in that draft. They're going to pair him alongside Tariq Woolen, a rookie that led the league in interceptions a year ago. You look at that secondary. You look at Jordan Brooks coming back healthy. This is going to be a really, really good defense, and I think they're going to keep them in a lot of games. So I have confidence that Geno Smith's season last year wasn't a one-off. The Seattle Seahawks will win the NFC West. Number three. The Jags are going to make it to the AFC Championship game. I can't believe I'm saying this because it sounds so awkward. But Jacksonville is going to make it to the conference championship game in a crowded AFC field. They are the ones that have the easiest path to get into the postseason because they play in the AFC South. And I'm not worried about the Titans, the Colts, or the Texans. All of those teams are a couple of years away. The Jacksonville Jaguars are here now. They won a playoff game a year ago. And lest we not forget, that was a three-point ball game in Arrowhead Stadium in the divisional round against the Chiefs. And, and, And... the Trevor Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars aren't afraid of anybody. That that offense is ready to take off. They've got Calvin Ridley, who's a 1,000-yard receiver. He's at a different level. They've got Evan Ingram. They've got Travis Etienne, who's a 1,000-yard rusher. They have all the elements that you need. They drafted Anton Harrison in the first round to give Trevor Lawrence bookend tackles to set the edges of that pocket. Their defense is, is coming along. I, I like where the Jacksonville Jaguars are, and they have a competent Super Bowl-winning head coach in Doug Peterson. The Jags are going to make it to the AFC Conference Championship game. Number two. Number two, this will be Bill Belichick's last year coaching the New England Patriots. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to get fired, but I am saying that he's going to move on. So you make of that what you will. But if you listen to what Robert Kraft said all offseason long, yeah, it'd be nice if Bill Belichick broke Don Shula's coaching record. But when we looked at our players, we never treated it as a situation where he allowed them to chase individual accolades over team success. Robert Kraft is getting tired of his program devolving in the wake of Tom Brady leaving. And I think they're looking at this as an opportunity to transition to a new voice on the sideline. Belichick will probably still be in the organization in some capacity, but he won't be wearing the headset and the hoodie on the sidelines come Sundays in 2024. Number one. Buckle up, Smallman, because this is a doozy. The Dallas Cowboys miss the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. The Dallas Cowboys miss the playoffs. And and listen, it's not a matter of talent with the Cowboys. 
They have all the talent in the world, including maybe having the best defensive player in all of football in Micah Parsons. That defense is elite. The offense has a lot of weapons. They have a really good offensive line. But Smallman, I don't trust the head coach, and I don't trust the quarterback. That's a bad place to be when you talk about getting to the uh, getting to the tournament and getting to a Super Bowl. I just don't think the Dallas Cowboys have it in them. And add on top of that the layer of dealing with the Trey Lance fallout from the trade. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see this going in a direction that's going to lead to the Cowboys being able to get to the playoffs again. It's been a long time since the Dallas Cowboys went to the playoffs three consecutive years. I just don't see that happening. I don't see Mike McCarthy being the one to break that drought. I think this is the year that the Dallas Cowboys fall flat on their face amid the the contract situation, the quarterback situation, and the head coach being on the hot seat. So there it is, my bold predictions for the 2023 season. We've got to run through them again. Commanders make the playoffs. Seahawks win their division. The Jazz get to the AFC Championship game. Belichick's last year coaching and the Dallas Cowboys missing the playoffs. Smallman, any comments, any glaring omissions from my bold predictions list? This is an outstanding list, and these are some bold predictions. And we see the phone lines lighting up, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Hang on, we're going to get to you in a second. But we got to run through this list. The commanders making the playoffs, I know that you think Sam Howell has the arrow pointing up. Ron Rivera is really pumped about him. I love that Eric Bieniemy is there. But I don't know if I can go there, Canty. I don't know. You must be drinking a little bit more of the Kool-Aid than I am because I still remember them going to Ron Rivera just weeks ago saying that they were working too hard and they didn't like Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. I just don't know if we're going to see them be a cohesive unit or at least enough to make the playoffs. Well, Smallman coaching is making men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they want to become. That was a direct quote from Tom Coughlin. So I, I, I hear all of the rumblings from training camp and how Eric Bieniemy was tough on them, but the guys on the offensive side of the ball have no idea how to have sustained success in this league. And this franchise has been up and down, and they have had instability at the most important spots, including head coach and quarterback. I think they've finally settled on that, and they have an offensive coordinator that's creative, that's innovative in Eric Bieniemy, that can utilize all of the skill position talent that they have. And their offensive line doesn't look like it's going to be an impediment to doing what Bieniemy wants to do. They're going to forge an identity built around toughness based on the personnel that they had. And also remember this, they were the ones, the first ones, to go into Philadelphia last year and beat the Eagles. And that was a physical, physical game. And if I'm not mistaken, a double-digit win for Washington. So they've shown that they've got the grit that it takes under Coach Ron Rivera. Now you're going to add a little spice, a little creativity with the X's and O's and the enemy. And that's why I think this team is poised to get to the postseason. All right, moving right along. I love the Seattle Seahawks. I'm with you. That defense is going to be outstanding. I don't think Geno Smith's season last year was an aberration. But you have them winning the NFC West. What's what's going on with the 49ers if you have Seattle winning the NFC West? Well, the 49ers, I think, are going to have some issues. Brock Purdy is recovering from that UCL injury. If you if you see the, the comments coming out of training camp, they're going to take down his throws during the week from 700 throws to 350 throws to try to keep him fresh. Um, throughout the regular season. So there's still a little bit of concern with Brock Purdy's health. And then you couple that with the fact that Mike McGlinchey is gone and that offensive line outside of Trent Williams is going to be a work in progress. So they've got work to do there. 
I get that they've got Javon Hargrave in free agency, but we've also got to remember that they're losing a couple of veteran pass rushers in Samson, um, Ekubon, Abukam, and uh, Charles Ominahu, and then they don't have Nicky Bosa as well. So, I mean, that defensive front has got some issues. The offensive line has got some issues. And that's why I'm looking at the 49ers as a team that can regress a little bit. I still look at them as a playoff squad. I still look at them as a a 9 or 10 win team. But I just don't think we're going to see them at the same level that we did last year when we were thinking that they were one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the best team in the NFC. Okay, the Jaguars making the AFC Championship game is bold, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, a winning combo. We saw what they were able to do last season. I wouldn't be shocked if that one came true. Same thing with Bill Belichick in his last season of coaching. We know that that seems to be um, right there in the forefront. That's certainly part of the conversation. But the Cowboys missing the playoffs, I, I know we're not high on the Dallas Cowboys, but the NFC outside of the Philadelphia Eagles is pretty wide open. I would say the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. I don't foresee them missing the playoffs, Canty. Yeah, and listen, if it was based on the roster on paper, then you're right. You're not wrong. But the things that I'm looking at are the mistakes from the quarterback. Remember, Dak Prescott, 35 turnovers in the last 31 games. We also got to consider that Dak Prescott has missed 17 games over the last three years. And then we also have to consider the game management issues that we've seen from Mike McCarthy, not to mention the transition to Dak hearing somebody different in the headset for the first time in, what, five years? So all of those moving parts to me signal that this could be an issue. And people say, well, yeah, Dak's turnovers are not in his character. That may well be true. But you know what else is uncharacteristic, something that we don't see in the NFL? A defense leading the league in takeaways for two consecutive years. The last time we saw that was the 73-74 Steelers. It's been a long time, and that's what the Cowboys just did. So I think all of those takeaways on the defensive side of the ball masked a lot of ills that we saw between the head coach and the quarterback. And if the defense doesn't get that same kind of turnover luck, then I think we're going to see a lot of those issues, a lot of those deficiencies be the undoing of the Cowboys in 2023. So I get that the expectations are for them to go on a deep playoff run, and that's how Jerry is going to gauge it. But I think this is the year that the Cowboys take a step back. Remember, this is a franchise that hadn't gone to the playoffs three consecutive years since 1994, 95, and 96. Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman were there. That was the last time they've gone to the playoffs three consecutive years. So I, I just don't see that happening this year, especially with such a, such a pressure-packed, tumultuous uh, situation with Dallas and how they're dealing with their quarterback, how they're dealing with their head coach. The phone lines have absolutely blown up, Canty. 888-C-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's first go to Dustin in Virginia. Canty's number one bold prediction for the 2023 season is that the Dallas Cowboys will miss the playoffs. Dustin, what is yours? I don't have one. I'm just trying to figure out what Chris is thinking right now. The Dallas Cowboys not making the playoffs, but the commanders are, and he don't trust Mike McCarthy, but he trusts Ron Rivera, who didn't even know that his team needed to win to get in last year, and he switched out quarterbacks. But Mike McCarthy has took the Dallas Cowboys to two back-to-back 12-5 and five seasons. Uh, Jason Garrett didn't do that. Um, he's been the best head coach since probably Bill Parcells been there. And, um, you know, say something about the uh, – 
the management, the game management issues, but he hasn't had it since 2021. So, you know, I just don't see um, what he's saying about the Dallas Cowboys missing the playoffs. Well, Dustin, that's why it's bold predictions, right? Not everybody's <laughs> going to see it. But remember, last year I predicted that the Rams coming off of winning the Super Bowl would miss the playoffs, and they did. And guess who made the playoffs? A team in their division in the Seattle Seahawks that moved away from a guy that might be in the Hall of Fame in Russell Wilson. Think about that now. Like, so it's just these are the things. Like, the, the things that we're talking about are, are behind the scenes, intangibles, chemistry, the inner workings of the National Football League. Like, there are some times where you have a talented team, but it just doesn't come together for whatever reason. Well, I think we can point out what the reasons would be in Dallas in terms of why this team wouldn't realize the expectations that are on them. Like, again, it's been a really long time since Dallas has been able to have sustained success, be a consistent double-digit win team, and consistently go to the playoffs. It just hasn't been in their organization's DNA for whatever reason. And I think a big part of that reason has been Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened. You saw what he had to say after he traded from Trey Lance. He didn't even clue his head coach or his quarterback in. They asked him, did you talk to Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott about it? He said no to both. And you know why he said no to both? Because he was sending a message that both of those men are on notice in Mm -hmm. Dallas. If he doesn't have the kind of season he's looking for, both of them are going to be out. I will say this, moment: no matter how good you think your job security is, it's unsettling when the owner of the team or your superior comes to you and sends a message like Jerry Jones has sent Mike McCarthy and has sent Dak Prescott. The phone lines are absolutely jammed. People want to get in. Chris Canty, they want to talk about your bold predictions and give some of their own. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Coming up next, we are going to get to more of your bold predictions. Greeny, the podcast. Alongside Chris Canty, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, and Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. In case you missed it, in case you weren't with us last segment, Chris Canty gave quite the green list today. His top five bold predictions for the 2023 NFL season, and it's got the people up in arms. Number five, the Commanders make the playoffs. Number four, the Seahawks win the NFC West. Number three, the Jaguars make it to the AFC Championship game. Number two, it's Bill Belichick's last season coaching in the NFL. And number one, and this might surprise you, people are upset, Chris Canty predicting that the Dallas Cowboys miss the playoffs. The phone lines absolutely packed. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's unleash them, Canty. Let's go to Ernest in New Jersey. Ernest, welcome to Greeny. What's your bold prediction for the 2023 NFL season? Hey, uh, how you doing? Uh, uh, My bold prediction basically is that the Seahawks will not win the NFC West. Mm. Why is that? I think Canty Canty is nuts for that prediction because (laughs) – I think we beat them three. We beat them three times last year. We have a better defense than Who, them. Who's, who's we? We, have a better who's offense we? Than them. San Francisco. Oh. Mm-hmm. We have a better offense than them. We have a better head coach than them. I mean, they haven't beat us last year at all. I don't understand his take on that. But so just because hey, they man. beat them three times last year, they have no chance of beating them this year. Is that Kyle Shanahan? He keeps saying we. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like we. Like, is he DJ Khaled? Like, Brock Purdy? Like, Brock, like, is I that just, you? 
Like I, that's the part that I don't understand. I, I explained it. Like their quarterback is coming off of UCL surgery. I don't know if you're familiar with the human body, but you kind of need one of those to throw a football. So that's going to matter. That's going to have some kind of impact on him. And then you talk about your offensive line not being the same as it was last year because you're missing Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey got paid ninety million dollars in free agency. He didn't get paid that because he's not good at football. So you have to replace that production from the right tackle spot. That offensive line is going to be a work in progress. You lost all of those veteran edge rushers. Samson Ekubon. You lost Charles Aminahu, who's with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nicky Bosa isn't there right now because he's in a contract holdout. So you've got a lot of moving parts that you got to figure out. Not to mention, D'Amico Ryans, your defensive coordinator for the last few years, he's now the head coach of the Houston Texans. <laughs> So you're bringing in Steve Wilkes. So again, there are, there are things that are changing within the San Francisco 49ers organization. It's not just going to be pick up and, and pick up where we left off. They've got some adjustments. They've got some things they got to navigate in order to find their footing and their identity as a team in 2023. Seattle doesn't have as many moving parts as the 49ers do. So even though the Seahawks don't have the top level talent that San Francisco does at certain positions, Top to bottom, San Francisco, uh, top to bottom, Seattle is a really, really solid, talented roster. Let's go to Connor in South Carolina. Connor, what's your bold prediction for the 2023 NFL season? What's up, y'all? My prediction is uh, Green Bay is going to win the North and continue to Ooh. dominate Chicago. I don't see why not. I, I think Jordan Love's good. I think our receivers are going to be better this year. I think we have a good rookie receiver. Uh, I forget his name, Jaden Reed, maybe. Good new tight end. I, I don't know, man. I think people are sleeping on Green Bay more than they should. Yeah, I absolutely think Green Bay will be in a mix for a playoff spot. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to get in, but if you look at their team, if Jordan Love can give you competent quarterback play, then Matt LaFleur will have this team in position to get one of those wild cards. I absolutely believe that, and there's no reason to think that Jordan Love can't give you competent quarterback play when you've got the wide receiver tandem of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, not to mention Luke Musgrave, the tight end that they got out of Oregon State, who's looked phenomenal in the preseason, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And let's keep this in mind too, Smallman. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers, was in on trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor. You don't make that kind of move as a GM unless you think your team is ready to win this year. Right. And he he actually considered doing that. So to me, I think the Packers are one of those teams that people need to look out for as a potential playoff contender. I love that everyone is high on the Packers, the Lions. They're very intrigued by Justin Fields and the Bears. We're so dismissive of Justin Jefferson and Mr. Coles Cash himself, Kirk Cousins. I know they had so many close games last season, but I don't know why we're dismissing the Vikings. I don't know either. I guess it's people not believing in Kirk, but you also got to think that Kevin O'Connell, their head coach, knows what he's doing. That was his first year he won 13 games out right. of the gate. Like they, 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 got, they got something going, and they have the best receiver in all of football in Justin Jefferson. So Minnesota is a team to look out for. Let's go to John calling in from Long Branch. John, welcome to the show. What's your bold prediction for this NFL season? All right, so I'm out here in Long Branch. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. I must say that I do agree with that with the take. I don't think it's cra- it's crazy to be bold. 
I mean, if the commander's defensive line is what it, is what it could be and Sam Howell turned out to be a legitimate NFL quarterback in his first season, which we've seen before, there's no reason why, with Terry McClellan, there's no reason why the Eagles obviously are a step above the Cowboys, so the Eagles definitely will make it. Then if the commanders can beat them twice or make it competitive, the Giants are a certainly competitive team. It's a division game. Their own division, I, I, and Dak Prescott has to prove he's never done anything in his career other than have a couple, uh, a couple solid, solid seasons. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as far-fetched when you look at the situation. Like, there's the, the I guess, the distraction of the Dak Prescott contract extension and whether or not that, that's going to work out. There is the Mike McCarthy of it all. How's he going to do as an offensive play caller as well as being the head coach and wearing that hat? There is Dan Quinn, who is thought to be an in-house candidate to replace Mike McCarthy as the head coach should things not work out. And there is the turnover woes that we've seen from Dak Prescott in his last 30 or so odd games. So there's a lot of things that we look at with the Cowboys and say, hey, you know, this could go off the rails, you know, barring something, uh, you know, one of these things taking place. And and so I I don't think it's far-fetched to think that the Cowboys aren't going to be in the postseason. I just don't. I think this team has survived on a lot of turnover luck. That could end. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.